So do you support black businesses? If not, why not? Let's get into it. Shalom, shalom, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to another episode of Jacob C. Podcast. As always, I'm so grateful that you have joined me here today. Listen, today's a special day. This is the first episode of our third season. Yes, we are now in season three, and it could not be possible without all the support and all the listeners that are listening to this podcast. So if you're listening right now, uh, please continue to listen, but don't just listen now. Share this podcast with your friends, your family, and your loved ones. Um, Share it on Twitter. Share it on Instagram. um, Repost. uh, I put put, um, podcast snippets up on Jacob C12 on Instagram all the time. Repost those. um, Talk about it around the water cooler at your lunch break. Let everybody know that if you ain't listening to Jacob C Podcast, you're missing out on something. Ah, They might not be missing out on something, but hey, you get the point. Uh, Thank you again, everybody, for your support. This is the start of season of season three. And guess what? One of the best ways to listen to Jacob C podcast now that we're on season three is on Stitcher Radio. Uh, Check this out on Stitcher Radio. You can listen to some of your favorite shows ad free um, with Stitcher Premium like Conan O'Brien needs a friend. My favorite murder Wolverine, the lost trial. And of course, Jacob C podcast. Plus, get access to Stitcher's originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums, and more. Because we all know we need some comedic relief sometimes in our stressful lives. Listen, Stitcher Premium is only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Go to stitcher.com slash premium to sign up today. And if you use uh, promo code Jacob, you get one month free on your monthly plan. Again, use promo code Jacob and your first month of Stitcher premium is free. So listen, let's get into this podcast. Do you support black businesses? And if you don't support black businesses, I want to know why. So this is a time where you can get interactive. Um, I want you to call into the show. Actually, if, if uh, you did not know, you can call into uh, Jacob Seed podcast. Uh, you can leave your comments. You can leave your questions and all those great things right here on Jacob Seed podcast. The phone number to that is 901-374-74. 901-374-74. Um, what you do is you call that number. Um, you leave your voicemail and I'll play um, your question or your comment on the next episode of Jacob Seed podcast. So let's get into it. Me personally, I support black businesses. I purposely support black businesses. So if I'm looking for something, the first thing I do, I Google um, black owned X, Y, Z, whatever that may be. So I'm looking for shoes. I'm looking for clothing. I'm looking for coffee. I'm looking for shoes. I mean, I'm looking for uh, food, accessories. If I'm looking for furniture, uh, whatever it may be down to the littlest thing, I'm going to Google black owned furniture store, black owned coffee shop, black owned jewelry store, um, black owned beauty supply shop or whatever it may be, because I want to make sure that I'm putting my dollars in the hands of people who look like me, that 
that's that I'm going to support those who look like me. Now, that may to some sound prejudice, but the truth is um, so-called African-American, so-called black people are the only people in these United States of America and abroad around the world who do not celebrate and support their own, especially when we're talking about entrepreneurship. We can go down into the rabbit hole about the crab and the burrow mentality, um, uh, about jealousy and envy and all of that stuff. Uh, but I think at the at the base level, at the foundation of it all, I believe that we don't have enough education about black entrepreneurship and how it actually empowers and helps the black community. Now, being a follower of Torah, I also understand that because a lot of us and most of us are disobedient to Torah and we've turned our backs on Torah because we've now we've gotten into these religions that tell us that uh, the word of God is done away with that Yeshua, better known as Jesus Christ, came to the world to do away with the law. Uh, but we know that he did not come away. He not come to do away with the law. He came to teach us how to fulfill the law, to teach us how to walk in it correctly. We can find that in Matthew chapter five, verse 17 and so on. So with that being said, supporting black businesses will not free us from captivity. But what will it do? It will allow us to live a level of uh, it will allow us to have a better quality of life while in captivity, if you can imagine that. So a lot of us believe that because we're in captivity, we got to do this. Woe is me and all this kind of stuff. But no, during the Roman occupation, you had Matthew, who had a lot of money. You had Zacchaeus, who was a rich man. You had Luke, who was a rich man. And I'm not saying you have to be rich, but you can have a, a good quality of life. Um, even in the Babylonian captivity um, and in the Persian captivity, uh, we, you, you, uh, different captivities, whether it was um, Daniel uh, and the three Hebrew boys, whether it was Nehemiah, whether it was um, Esther um, and Mordecai, like these people had prominent positions while in captivity. Um, and then you can even look at the Proverbs 31 woman who is an entrepreneurial. She is a black entrepreneur. And we as a people need to start celebrating, acknowledging, sharing, as well as supporting businesses owned by people who look like us. Now, everybody who looks like us does not know that they're an Israelite and that's OK. But here's 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 how supporting their business can help that by frequenting by uh, going to their business frequently. I can't get that word out. That's all right. <laughs> By going to their businesses frequently, um, you become you be, you start to gain a relationship with that business owner. Right. Uh, you start to know them by the first name. Um, the conversation goes from, you know, do you have this certain item to how are the kids? Um, how's the wife or how's the husband? How was your week? Um, and all these different things. You start sharing you start sharing life with one another, right? Um, may not get deep in, you may not become best friends, but at least you have a cordial conversation with this store owner or this business owner on a regular basis. And then you can use that time to witness to that store owner, to let them know that, hey, um, if they are in fact an Israelite, that, hey, you're an Israelite. Did you know that your nationality is an Israelite? Uh, did you know that the Israelites are never supposed to break the law? Did you know that um, Yeshua um, according to Matthew chapter one, came for his people to save them from their sins. Um, 
and, and so on down the list. There's, there's so many opportunities that we have and so many benefits that we have from um, supporting our black owned businesses. So one of those, well, first of all, I'll say this. I have a tier, right? I have a rule when supporting black businesses. I just don't support any and every black business, right? So the city we live in has, has a bunch of uh, wing, uh, wing joints. I do go to one. They have a bunch of wig shops. Um, I think that's about it. Wigs and wings, right? I've, obviously, there's other black businesses. I do have a friend who owns a uh, coffee production company. I'll be shouting them out at the end of the show and get some of their information. He'll also be a guest on this podcast um, pretty soon, hopefully in this third season. Um, I also have uh, another brother that's out of Nashville who is promoting uh, just black business and how you can get your feet wet uh, in becoming an entrepreneurial as a person of color, um, as a so-called African-American in this country. Uh, but I have kind of like a rule, right? So I just don't go just because you're a black business don't mean I support you. And I will say this also as well. Um, we have this for whatever reason. A lot of us believe that because it's a black business, that means it should be cheap or it should be close to free. If you understand how hard it is, first of all, to get a business off the ground, especially as a so-called African-American, especially as a black person, it is so difficult to even get your business off the ground. It's very easy to sign up for one, right? Um, at least in the state of Tennessee where I'm at. Very easy. You, you, you go, you, you, you sign some papers, pay $300, boom, you have your business license. Um, you, you're legally able to do business here in the state of Tennessee. And, and different states have um, different um, levels that you have to pay and different paperwork that you may have to do. But either way, most of it, you're filling out some paperwork, you're giving away some money, you're paying that you're paying that annual fee every year. Also, you're probably paying an annual fee with your county or your city to do business in that county or city as well. But to actually get your business off the ground where you're making a profit and able to provide for your family is very difficult. This is not an easy task. So when we walk into a black owned business, please, my brother, my sister, don't walk out because something is, in your opinion, based on the business owner is too expensive. I remember when I was younger, um, I grew up in the southern part of Illinois, a little town called Carbondale, and there was a black owned beauty supply store just open brand new. But for years um, a few blocks away, there was a Asian owned beauty store where in the black neighborhood where a lot of black people would frequent. Now, when this black owned beauty supply store opened up, we flocked to it. But then we said, man, these products are too expensive. I can get cheaper products at the Asian store. Now, understanding that those cheaper products were not helping you out, nor did those Asian people have the information um, and the education about Black hair, black people's hair, black people's skin, um, how different products can help, how different products harm. They're just selling you something to get a profit. They're not trying to educate you about your skin and about your hair. They're just trying to get money out of you. Talking about these Asians. On the other hand, the black beauty supply store would be able to educate you about the right product to use for your skin based on your melanin level, as well as the right product to use on your hair based on if it was tightly curled or loosely curled or straight or whatever it may be. But because the products seemed to be too expensive, that business eventually went out of business. 
The issue is if we were to frequent that business more often and more people were to go, it's a supply and demand thing. If more people are buying, he could have lowered his prices and still got probably the same margin. But we only gave we only gave the guy a little bit of a chance, a little bit of a chance. And we would rather put money in hands of people who don't like us and who discriminate against us, who follow you around in the store, talk all kind of bad about you in their language. And then they don't even give back to the community that they're in. That business does not benefit your household, that Asian business, that Middle Eastern business, um, that Indian business or whatever it may be, that Caucasian business. It does not benefit your household as a black man, as a black woman. It doesn't benefit your family. Now, I'm not saying um, don't don't patronize businesses of people that don't look like you. Now, sometimes we have to because we don't run the world. You know, you're trying to get a burger. You know, maybe there's not a black owned burger joint. You have no choice. You may live in a rural area and you have no choice but to support only Caucasian and Middle Eastern businesses. And that's OK. But guess what? You can start your own business or you can travel just a little bit further outside of your town and find, excuse me, and find a black owned business that suits your needs. So anyway, I have a I have rules before I support black owned businesses. One of them is not the price tag. Um, because I'm not worried about that, because frankly, a lot of us walking around in Gucci and Calvin Klein and Tommy Hilfiger and all these things, we're paying 50 and 60 dollars for a sweatshirt. We're paying, you know, 70, 80 dollars for a pair of pants. Heck, some of us are paying, you know, uh, uh, 45, 50 dollars for a fanny pack to, to wrap across your chest because it got Gucci on it. I don't understand it. I'm not that old, but. Yeah, I don't understand that one. But anywho, but when we see those same products in a black owned business, for whatever reason, we think that those prices should be lowered. I don't know. Well, we don't say the same thing when, when we go to the white man stuff and, and frequent his establishment. We don't tell him to lower the prices. Um, but again, I think that's a, a lack of education. Also, I believe that's that's America doing a great job at marketing their people. They're doing a great job at marketing Caucasian businesses and making it seem like if you don't buy something from a Caucasian with the Gucci or Louis Vuitton or Calvin Klein or Tommy Hilfiger or a swoosh or an Adidas sign or Under Armour sign on it, then you're missing out on something. Uh, when actually, if you if you patronize a black owned business, you could be getting better products at a better price. Right. But anywho, my three criteria for. Um, supporting black owned businesses, number one. Where's the money going? Where's the money going? I want to know, obviously, the money, some of that money is going to go to support that black owned businesses household, obviously. But I want to know just because I'm supporting your business, just because you're black don't mean you supporting your people because we got some folks out there, right, who they look like us, but they ain't for us. Everybody who's skin folk and kin folk. All right. So where's your money going? Is your money being recycled back into the community? So black business owner, when you're getting your supplies, are you trying to um, look up a black warehouse, a black supplier for your supplies? Are you what are you? Are you giving back to the local school system? Are you helping out struggling families in the black neighborhood? Are you giving to. 
um, you know, local shelters? What are you doing with your money? Because if all you're doing with your money is putting it back in your pocket and going back to the suburbs somewhere where that money is going to be spent in white establishments anyway, then what's, what's the point of even what's the point? There's no point of me supporting you if you're not going to support me. All right. Secondly, not only where where where's the money going, but um, I also want to know how how your business benefits my neighborhood and my people. Are you educating the people on the product in what you're selling or are you just selling something for a profit? For instance, the the example I used about the 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 beauty salon place in my in my hometown I grew up in. So as and we'll and we'll use that as another we'll you we'll keep that example, right? So if you own a beauty supply store, are you actually educating your brothers and sisters that come through there about the type of hair they have, what product they should use, about the skin they have, what product they should use? Do you have pamphlets or um, uh, different websites that you can go to, or uh, are you making your stuff homemade right there? Like how, how is your business benefiting me on a personal level? How are you using your business to educate me about your product and how your product can help me? I have a friend who is, um, a coffee connoisseur and he has a coffee production company, a black owned coffee production company, believe it or not, it exists. It's called Coffee Black. And he gets his coffee from Ethiopia. And not only does he just get his coffee from Ethiopia, he educates on every package of his coffee. There is education because it lets you know that coffee, just like black folks, was stolen from the continent of Africa. And we must redeem what is ours. So he's educating you about coffee. He's educating you about the origins of coffee and where it comes from. He also, if you have the one-on-one conversation with him or listen to him on Instagram or his YouTube, he's also uh, telling you the benefits of coffee. Um, he's teaching you how to actually brew coffee. He calls it brewing better. If you brew better, you do better, um, in his words, um, so that you can actually taste the notes. I never even knew coffee had notes. You know, he's also he's also a musician. So um, I didn't I know the heck I coffee note. I just drink Folgers or whatever and dump a whole bunch of sugar and a whole bunch of cream in it and go about my business. Um, just like most of us do, but his coffee don't even taste right with cream and sugar. And that's his moniker. Um, he likes his coffee black, no sugar, no cream. Now that's a black business that I'm trying to support. And he also does a lot in the avenue of education, um, uh, black art and all these different things to educate our community um, about art, about coffee. Um, and he's just him and his wife are just educators by trade. So that's the kind of black business that I like to support. You're going to educate me. And I know that your money is going obviously to help your your household, but also to educate the people in the community. I love it. I love it. And those kind of businesses I will always, always support. Um, so where's your money going? How are you actually physically benefiting the people um, that are in your community? And the third one is, what opportunities are you giving to our younger generation to learn the trade of entrepreneurship? So, 
Your money needs to be fed also back into other black businesses. You need to have an element of education about your business. Also, you need to have opportunity for our young generation to learn about your particular trade in order that your business can continue and also that the young people in our community community can begin to learn more about entrepreneurship. So if you, all you're trying to do is to make a buck, and that's it. Um, odds are I'm not supporting your business. And brothers and sisters, you should not support that business. Anybody who comes in our community just to rob and to take from us, they're not for us. I don't even care if they have the same skin color as us. They're not for you. There's plenty of people. Listen, brothers and sisters, we, we generate $1 trillion a year in revenue, all right, in buying power. That makes us, I believe it's like the, the number uh, we're in the top 10 of nations, right. Of being able to, to, of buying power or something like that, or the top 20. But the problem is the people that come into our neighborhood, rape our neighborhood of resources, education, and opportunity. Why? Because their dollar does not go back into the community. They do not educate us about the products that we're using from them, whether it's harming us or hurting us, nor do they provide opportunity for the younger generation or just generations in general um, to learn the trade of that particular business. How many times um, have you ever been into a, a gas station who's usually owned by some Arab? Um, and has he ever taught you the trade of owning gas stations and franchising gas stations? Odds are he has he or she has not. Um, have they told you about the benefits of the food that is in that gas station, about the dangers of eating cold cuts and um, hot Cheetos and sugary drinks? Probably not. Have they ever thought of putting non pork items, non shellfish items, um, healthier drinks, healthier foods in their establishments? Odds are they have not. Oh, and by the way, do they do they pour their money back into your neighborhood? Odds are they probably do not. So if you own a black business, the only way I'm supporting you is if your money also goes back into the back into other black businesses that can support your product. So if there's a black warehouse, there's a um, there's a black um, supply dealer or whatever it may be that you can use uh, to keep your products um, in circulation, uh, whatever you're selling. So whether you're selling coffee, beauty supplies, wigs, chicken wings. I don't care. Do you know a black farmer that can supply you with some, some fresh chicken? All right. That's what I'm talking about. If you own a, a, a wing business, are you getting your stuff wholesale from Walmart? Are you using Cisco? Or are you actively trying to find black farmers who raise chickens in order for you to, um, to, to have inventory in your business? Secondly, are you educating your people um, on whatever product that you use. And thirdly, what are we doing to give our younger generation opportunity? So are you pulling somebody off of the street and giving them literally an internship? So for instance, if you own a gas station as a black person, are you giving those kids in that particular community where you serve, are you giving them opportunity to be interns at your gas station and not just, excuse me, and not just work the cashier, but to be in a management and ownership internship I don't care if these kids graduated high school. I don't that if they got their GED, that shouldn't matter because we're talking about entrepreneurship. We're not talking about a road, a roadmap to college because we know a lot for a lot of us, our families, uh, college is just not an option. All right. It costs too much money. And at the end of the day, you just spent 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, sometimes $100,000 to show people that you got a piece of paper uh, showing that you got a degree. 
You didn't pay a hundred some thousand dollars for a piece of paper. Now I'm not downgrading education. Education is very important. I believe in education. All right. Um, I went to college. Uh, my wife went to college. Um, my kids are going through school right now. I believe in education. But at the same time, I also understand that that's not a realistic uh, roadmap for everybody. All right. It's not realistic for everybody. We should not put that burden on everybody. Um, and instead of pushing everybody to go to college, some of us who are entrepreneurs in the black um, in the black neighborhood should start giving these kids internships. Teach them how to run a business. Teach them how to manage a business. Teach them how to um, do accounting work, to, to manage the books. Teach them how to uh, manage other employees. Teach them uh, 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 areas of marketing. Uh, teach them areas of, um, of, of inventory control, uh, risk management, how to be a, a COO, how to be a CEO, um, how to be a vice president, and all these different things. Just teach them the ropes. As the old folks used to get used to say, put them up on game so that if college is not an option, now they have a portfolio where they can they can they can begin to work for you for an X number of years as a manager at whatever um, establishment that you have. And then eventually the, the goal is to encourage them to branch off to do their own thing. If. The problem is we believe that if another black owned business that is similar to ours in the same neighborhood or in the same city, it equals competition is bad for us. No, beloved, that's good for us. The more black businesses that we have, it, the, the better our communities can be if we follow those guidelines. If those black communities are pouring back into other black businesses, if they're educating our people about their products and they're giving our younger generation opportunities to also be entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in whatever that trade is that they have. So it's not just a gimme type of thing when we're talking about supporting black businesses. If, if we're supporting you, you need to support us. Because those people from India, they, they send their money back home to India. Those people from Asia, they send their money back home to Asia. Those Arabs send their money back home to, to, to the Jordan and Saudi Arabia and, and all these other places. And they also educate their children and they educate the other people in their community that look like them about entrepreneurship and how to run a business. We need to do the same. White folks been doing it for years. They got a 400 year head start on us. But that's OK. Because we can start today. And we can do some really, really, really good things in our neighborhood um, to help one another out, to grow one another and to uh, turn some of these to, to also buy up some of these homes that are that are run down and boarded up. Folks that don't even live in your city owning this crap, uh, these these warehouses, these schools that they shut down in your neighborhood. We can with 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 our buying power and supporting another one another, we can buy up these schools and repurpose them as something different that will actually um, serve our community and not hurt our community. Um, so I want to take this time to actually spotlight a couple of people who are doing great things when it comes to uh, black entrepreneurship. First, I want to highlight a coffee company, a black owned coffee company called Coffee Black. It's spelled C-X-F-F-E-E -E Black. You can go to cxffeeblack.com to learn more information. Uh, just as a preview on the website, it says coffee is more than a sugar and cream thing. It's more than a colonial commodity. It's meant for the people. Let's hashtag make 
coffee black again. Um, obviously on there, you can, um, I talked about him earlier in the podcast. Uh, not only is he an owner and CEO of a coffee company, uh, but on the website, you can also uh, purchase some merch. Um, you can black, uh, black coffee is black history. Uh, Make coffee black again, t-shirts and hoodies. Um, Gucci Mane, which is their brand of coffee. Um, they have the hoodie and they also um, on that package, if you buy it in the hoodie, it also explains the history of coffee and where it comes from. So just like um, those of us who are in the uh, in the diaspora, our coffee's in the diaspora. Coffee didn't come from Colombia. All right. It was stolen. And the people who was kind of sure as a coffee landed in Colombia via slave ships. All right. So our Afro-Colombians are the ones who are making that coffee over there or had their recipe stolen because it originally came from the uh, West Coast of Africa. And we know who lived in the West Coast of Africa. Yes, Israelites. All right. So everything goes. A lot of things go back to us anyway. Um, so support that business. Coffeeblack.com. C-X-F-F-E-E black.com to learn more information. You can also follow them under that same thing. Coffee Black on Instagram. Um, and you can also find out ways from the Instagram account to follow the owner, uh, Bartholomew Jones. And so the next and last entrepreneur I'm going to be highlighting today, um, he goes by the name of Derek Miner. Um, he is a hip hop artist as well as an entrepreneur. He owns his own uh, label company, RMG, a reflection music group um, label. And obviously he is a black owner. He's a black owned music company. Um, who at that music company, you ain't selling your soul to get a record deal. He's a righteous man. Um, and he, he started this new movement called We Own Now, um, encouraging um, people who look like us, black people, um, to own their own. So his moniker is ownership is the new black. Um, so listen to this um, commercial, I would say, uh, that he has on Instagram explaining explaining what We Own Now is. So at the end of 1863, black Americans only owned half of 1% of the wealth in America. Fast forward today, we only own 1.5%. Considering the crazy amount of contributions we've done to this country, that number seems extraordinarily low. Ownership is the new black is a movement focused on black ownership, shifting our consumer power to ownership power. For example, rather than buying your favorite shoes, buy stock in your favorite shoes. Rather than just renting our homes, buy our homes and buy other homes to rent out to others. Every day in the month of February, we're going to be highlighting black inventors, black entrepreneurs, and other unsung heroes in world history with the hopes to inspire you. If you were inspired by what you just learned, make sure to share this video with all your friends. And for more information about how you can start your ownership journey today, check us out online at weownnow.com. So, yes, you can go to weownnow.com and they have different tools um, and different resources uh, there for you. If you want to learn more about black entrepreneurship and how to get your business started um, and all those good things. Listen, all of us has an entrepreneur inside of us, uh, whether it's something like me who I I have the gift of gab. So I started a podcast. I love my people. Um, I'm trying to educate uh, my people on who they are each and every day and try to encourage them to be a better version of themselves um, as we try our best to um, turn back to the Torah and follow the law, statutes and commandments of the Most High. Um, You have my friend who owns Coffee Black, who's trying to encourage our people and let them know that we are creative. We and we harvested the first coffee beans. Uh, We invented coffee 
uh, if you were say, and it was done with no sugar and no cream. Um, and my other brother from Nashville, Derek Minor, who was encouraging black people um, to own something, to have ownership power um, in this country and not just be consumers only. Um, so if you have that entrepreneurial spirit, um, if, if you don't, either way, I encourage you to look into it, study up on a little bit more, and you never know. Um, you, may, you may have an idea, that crazy idea that you never wanted to get off the ground because you thought it was so crazy. Um, hopefully this podcast gave you a little bit of encouragement to let you know that you could start that business. That idea ain't, ain't that crazy. Um, it's those who have crazy ideas that actually have banging businesses and lead um, and able to help others uh, to pour back into their own communities, to educate people and to give people like themselves opportunities uh, to also live the best version of themselves. I thank you again for listening to this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I pray that you continue to support this podcast as well um, and stay tuned to the end of this um, so you can learn more ways on how to support uh, Jacob C podcast. I love y'all. And as always, um, seek truth, live it out and inform others. Shalom. Thank you for listening to another episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. We ask that you subscribe, like, and review, as well as share this podcast on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. Have you ever wondered how to be a part of the show? You can call in to the podcast voicemail at 901-300-7474. Leave your comment and question, and we will play it on the next episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. Also, if you go to our Instagram page at JacobC12 or the host page at YermaYahoo15 on Instagram or Twitter and press the link, you can find ways on how to support this podcast. You don't have a social media account? That's perfectly fine. You can go to linktr.ee forward slash JacobC12 to find more ways on how to support this podcast. We thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. And remember... Seek truth, live it out, and inform others. Shalom.